erstwhile broadcaster, I know I hired him for a few weeks, the inimitable, the one and only Benjamin Law. <laughs> And with Benjamin, the towering cultural icon, protagonist in such missiles as shit Asian mothers say, <laughs> and the family law, producer of the next generation of cultural icon in the form of Benjamin there, <laughs> the no-nonsense, go-for-broke, Jenny Fang! me. Hi, I'm Andrea, Andrea Ho. Ho. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ABC former broadcaster and producer and uh, now I um, help get all of those things to air, which I suppose makes me back room. Mm. Well, our text this evening for class <laughs> is this fabulous tome, Law School. Now, in this particular case, you can judge a book by its cover. The prose is pretty purple at times. Some of the contributions can leave you a bit green around the gills. <laughs> and there's a lot of pink bits. <laughs> it's, a it's a compilation of the sex advice columns written by Benjamin and Jenny for a periodical called The Lifted Brow. Mm. Do we have any Lifted Brow readers here? Hey, in the front row too. Fantastic. Anybody else? Come on. Go. Okay, there's a, we're going to have a bit of audience participation this evening. At times we're going to ask you questions. There is no more room to be shy. There is no shame left in the building, is there? And you won't be let out until you subscribe. So you can, do that. That. You can do that online. <laughs> Otherwise, there'll never be another one of these columns. <laughs> so, look, advice columns, right? There's a long, persistent tradition of regular advice columns. I mean, I have to admit mm. myself, I regularly check in with Dear Prudence on yes. Slate. Um, back from when Prudy was Emily Yoff, but now to Mallory Ortberg, Daniel Mallory Ortberg, as he mm -hmm. is now. Um, I also grew up in a milk bar like all good wog kids do mm -hmm. and uh, it's amazing that my mum managed to ban me from Mum Dolly Doctor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wasn't allowed to look at Cosmo either. Mum was pretty terrifying. Um, but uh, I did sneak the occasional peek at the post letters. Probably shouldn't have done that. Anyway, um, what did you watch? What, ki what did you read? What kinds of advice columns um, were popular in the audience? Dolly Doctor fans, anyone? Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, also, Cosmo. can I just say, like, are any of you guys listening, bit of cross-promotion, are any of you guys listening to the, the ABC podcast, Ladies We Need to Talk? And did you hear that they interviewed Dolly Doctor for one of the episodes? Did I miss that one? And Dolly Doctor's... Asian, no. and which I'm really oh, happy about. God. There was like this Asian medical professional talking about discharge throughout my childhood. I was and really happy to find that and out. And there I was, having grown up under the assumption that Asian people didn't talk about sex. And yeah. <laughs> Here we are. So, and so we, lots of Dolly Doctor fans, Cosmo fans, anybody? Anything that uh, we haven't mentioned? Oh, fantastic! <laughs> he only he only uh, he only bought it for the advice column, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're well prepared for this evening. Very good. So it does. On that note, it does strike me that some advice columns are less advice and more vice. <laughs> right? I think. Ben, what's your advice column history? Oh, um, so. When we were growing up, I'm one of five kids and I was the middle of five. So I had two older siblings and two younger and my eldest sibling is my sister Candy. And she bought every magazine. So she started, you know, the, the Australian kind of journey from uh, Dolly to Cleo and Cosmo. And I would read them voraciously because I grew up pre-internet because I'm 100 years old, I guess. And um, so magazines were 
all that I really, really, really wanted. And later, I think it's kind of the reason I worked in magazines was because I was so fascinated by them then. So Dolly Doctor was huge. All the stuff in Clio and Cosmo. I learned a lot about the male and female anatomy. I think, I think a lot of like fellow gay men sometimes are surprised. I know so much about female anatomy. But Dolly it's just Doctor. like, I just read a lot of Dolly Doctor. Um, <laughs> And then later when I went to um, like university, it was all about Savage Love with, with Dan Savage when he was syndicated in The Stranger and I think on the, on the AV Club and stuff like that. that. Like that was something that we would gather around, read together with friends and then later the Savage, the Savage Love podcast. And because Dan Savage is kind of a role model and hero of mine, it was pretty, it was pretty exciting when Dan Savage was actually a guest columnist for for law school, so we he's 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 in he's in there with us. We're co-authors with Dan Savage. I'm pretty stoked about that. That's exciting, isn't it, Jenny? Did you read any of these advice columns in these magazines? Did you know what your kids were reading? Ben <laughs> <laughs> mm, probably hiding from me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You were quite liberal as well in terms of what we were allowed to read. Like, you, it's not like you ever banned anything from the household, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. Are you, were you happy about that? Did they kind of yeah, like up I'm to happy. everything? Like, I think sex is so important part of life. Like, well, obviously she important. had five kids. <laughs> 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 but but I also think it's I think people are surprised and find it unusual. Like in, not just with magazines, but like we we watched quite a bit of. Like this sounds weird, but we 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 mm. did see quite a bit of sex on TV, TV growing up as as teenagers and stuff. We love the sex in the city. Yeah. <laughs> Epic fans. But also, like there was a lot of SBS going on in our household. <laughs> you know, going like SBS. That was, was the good stuff. Yeah, like and and stuff. you would often just say, oh, you know, like watch this. Yeah, when <laughs> sex scenes on TV, see, come kids, come on, that's how people. Have sex. <laughs> you have to go naked and the others. <laughs> so you don't have to have that talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In my book, just, yeah, that's how people have sex, kids. Look at this. And then my Michelle say, Mom, you know, after people have sex, they're always like. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay now, Ben? Is everything all right? Have you sort of, oh, you've I, got I, past I think this? So, well, How it, was it discussed at home? How did you talk about sex, apart from looking at it on SBS? Well, we just we just thought it was the most fascinating and hilarious thing. And did I think we? when you've got when you've got so many kids in the household, like discipline becomes unenforceable anyway. <laughs> so so the five kids take over, and so like there was that period in the nineties where we were growing up where. You know, sex with Sophie Lee and Sex Life were like the biggest, most scandalous shows in Australia. They were brought up in Senate estimates. Whereas we were kind of like watching a lot of it to get like as a family. It's just like it's just really interesting. Like Dr. Cindy Pan was telling us stuff. Dr. Karen. Cindy Pan's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Karen Phelps was like a really good educator in our household. And then there might be like I don't know. And like looking back, it wasn't exactly that. Explicit, like there were naked bodies, but everyone's got one anyway, so yeah. we didn't really see the big deal. And now the embarrassing body, yeah. I love that show. <laughs> yeah, now the Australian version. <laughs> they show up until eleven o'clock. I think we were asleep. having quite a discussion about it backstage. Oh, but also there was that penis documentary that you watched with Michelle. Yes, 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 yeah. 
the side with that Michelle's poor man. Sister. He um he had a short penis. He, he, his girlfriend dumped him because of he has short penis. So he travel around the world to elongate yeah, his penis in Taiwan. They actually put a weight on Japan. Oh. oh, they didn't show that part. They have a cloth. So, yeah, it stand up and then that attached to a penis. And then you have to swing right that now? weight. Oh. oh, that poor man. He's oh. only tiny. So, like, thing front, back. <laughs> I don't know whether it work or not. <laughs> or any bleeding. So this is this is family bonding time in, in our household. And there's a vagina documentary, very educational, interesting. So if you wonder how this family conversation translated to an advice column, I, I guess in a way it's it's sort of hard for us to discuss the book unless you get a bit of a taste of it. So we might um, we might have a look at one of the letters that was written in to you, and uh, we might ask you. Oh yeah. Should I read so, the so, letter? So yeah, we can explain the format as well. So Le Livre de Brow is a literary journal that very literary that comes that comes out of Melbourne but has gone national and international. You find it news agents now. And several years ago, they asked Mum and I if we wanted to start writing an advice column kind of just as a palate cleanser to all the poetry and essays and, and fiction that was going on. And we were just like, yeah, okay, sure, why not? And then it just kept going and then there was enough for a book. But basically every issue of The Brow has about three or four questions for us and, and we respond accordingly and sometimes we disagree. All right, so imagine yourself, this is, this is Ben and Jenny opening up this letter. Dear Law School, I recently discovered a dildo in my twin brother's drawer. He doesn't have a girlfriend that I know of. And the only conclusion I can reach is that he's using it to pleasure himself. We are extremely close and even talk about our sex lives every now and then. I want to ask him about the dildo, out of curiosity more than anything, but feel like I'd be crossing a line. We've just never had lines before. What should I say and how should I say it? Signed. Sister knows a secret. I feel like the National Library is crossing a few lines tonight, which, is, which I really enjoy. Right, so, Jenny, you first. Mm. You have to excuse me, I've got glaucoma, so I mean, um, Need some extra lines. Clumsy. Yeah, the reading. Um, well, this is easy. You said you're extremely close, or so why not? Just say it to his face. Just ask him out loud. Extremely close means you have no secrets. You're not being a busybody. It's just curiosity. <laughs> As for a brother, we are only human. Oh, sorry. As for your brother, we are only human and we, were, we have needs. It's quite, <laughs> it's quite healthy for your Rather to have that. For instance, some people have their things they wear in their pants, so they are walking around with it stuck inside them all day with batteries <laughs> and all that. Yeah, there's those tiny little vibrator thing, especially for women. <laughs> They're walking around like, mmm.
<laughs> Sorry about the clumsy reading, my vision. No. Well, but but the other thing is like we uh, we Audible asked us to do an audiobook version of this, so you can get you can get the clean readings of us doing that there. Um, so this is one of the moments where I disagreed with Mum, and I said, "For the sweet love of Jesus, fuck! Do not br do not listen to my mother, and do not bring this up." <laughs> Of course, your brother's using the dildo to pleasure himself, Sherlock. I can't imagine he's using it to paint a self-portrait or make a pavlova. <laughs> we should also make this clear. Using a dildo doesn't necessarily make your brother gay or bisexual any more than driving a manual car makes me heterosexual, although it's my most butch skill. Um, <laughs> there are many straight guys out there who love getting a good ass-fucking from their female partners, and frankly, I applaud their efforts. <laughs> Sex lives are something we can all talk about, but masturbation is usually a, is often a private act. So unless you feel comfortable disclosing to him how many fingers and which hand you use, maybe back off. <laughs> you know what he owns and how he uses it, and that should be enough. He won't get anything out of the conversation except mm. having to think about his twin sister the next time he's using that. <laughs> And what are you, a Lannister? <laughs> I disagree with Ben because they're extremely close. So when you're extremely close, you they talk are about Lannisters. But, what, but what's she going to get out of it? Like, why else would he have the dildo? She already knows what he's using it for. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what's Look at her, she just wants to know everything. She wants to know everything. Yeah, when, curiosity. <laughs> when the lifted brow approached you, was there a moment at all anywhere where you just went, no way am I going to do that. No way am I going to do that column with my mum. Or did you say, no way am I going to do that column with my son? Mum? Um, ben, yeah, we have a special bonding. We're very close. We can talk about anything. And sex, I think, is um, part of very important thing in life. But there is a line in that I won't talk about my sex life with with my family. You know, like I, I'm just like that's not so. And and, and sometimes no, sometimes information gets slipped out <laughs> into like family conversations between siblings, or mum will say something, and it just everyone just starts screaming out of horror, <laughs> just like no, 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 shut up, shut up. So like that's a line. But in terms of like mm. sex generally, that's something that we're happy to to talk about. I think the only reservation was a practical one, which was how the advice columns were going to work. Because, you know, mum's fluent in English, but it's also her second language. Um, she is fluent in emoji. Uh, which <laughs> I love the emoji. Uh, I've got to show you guys something she wrote yesterday. It was very, very graphic about... about anyway. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. <laughs> but But... So, so, but then I realised the easiest way to do it was to just have a really long chat about the question and I would transcribe everything she said and then I'd condense it and then I'd throw it back to her for approval. She might tweak and stuff and that's the final copy we'd send to the editor. So it was more like a practical thing rather than um, a reservation about whether we were going to do it or whether we'd feel uncomfortable doing it because, you know, like... Uh, I think my friends always found it like stunning how much I knew about sex but growing up at school but for us it was just never a taboo subject and I think it's kind of a testament to mum's openness that um, you know the five kids were often the kids in our group who were often approached about sexual knowledge mm -hmm. uh, who were asked all the questions from our friends that they didn't feel comfortable asking other people. Yeah. It also meant that we were put off sex for a long time. We were, 
we were late bloomers. <laughs> Jenny, where did you get your ideas about how to talk to the kids about sex from? Did you grow up? Did you grow up talking about oh, sex? Oh, grew with up you? like three straight with my parents. Um, no, nothing, not a word from my parents. Um, how did you learn about sex then? How oh, did at you school, learn? Like, my school is like a Catholic school, but they teach, they show you a movie about the right to be born, how baby was born. So, yeah, the first time I saw like they came up from the vagina. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> oh yeah, from school. That and they, they didn't show you how the baby got there? No, no, definitely not. It's a Catholic <laughs> school. No. So how did you find that out? Um, my s actually, I think from watching movies, books, yeah, mm. like that. Mm. Never learned from school. And so why did you take such a different attitude with with Benjamin and his and his siblings with the children? Mm, Jimmy's like yeah, sex is like sex, sleep and food. So <laughs> three things that yeah, most important in life. <laughs> and yes, I I think when yeah, start very young age, so we let them know so they won't get abused. So knowledge was no. making yes, us yes. aware of ourselves. You have to know, like, yeah, you have a penis, the, your sisters have a vagina. That's the right word mm. in the dictionary. Even Yeah, to me, it's very important to let them know, yeah, what sex, what, what is sex? And yes. so how does using words like penis and vagina go down in suburban, uh, so to speak, uh, in suburban <laughs> Brisbane in the 70s and the Sub 80s? Uh, suburban Sunshine, Sunshine Coast. Coast. Yeah. Sunshine Coast. Sunshine Coast, we're well. the only Chinese family on the coast. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> quite, but it felt too. that way. And you're, yeah, and you're exotic well in more ways than <laughs> one, clearly. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. in the coast. So, yeah, it's very important as well. Yeah, Most important. But I think, like, we... So, mum, mum went to a Catholic school as a kid and then we went to a Lutheran school as mm. kids. And the Lutherans are quite hardcore when it comes to, you know, the denominations. And we had robust sex ed, but looking back, it was pretty warped and intense. It like, was. It, was, it was all about... You know, this is what diseased genitals look like, and we had like. I, have I remember in grade four, our sex education was um, pro-life advocates coming in a van, and we were all encouraged to buy gold-plated brooches of fetuses' feet. Like in grade four, you know. So, I'm really glad that that wasn't my exclusive sex education and that mum like I don't think mum said out, I don't think like you said on a mission statement it's just like I'm going to talk about sex constantly but it's because like there were five of us um, there was like no mystery we were all interested in it like there was that it wasn't the joy of sex but it was a very similar book in mum and dad's yeah. study Oops. and we would just kind of like sneak a lot of glances at it you know like when yeah, was, was, which you knew about obviously Jenny you knew they were looking at <laughs> there it was like, there was like a kind of a joy of sexish, sexish kind of book and a kind of human body um, anatomy book about how mm. babies developed and stuff like that and we just found them really interesting and I just don't think mum was like, you know, yeah. had a problem I bought with those them. books, pictures mm. and yeah, 
full page. <laughs> That's when people still have pubic hair. No, I was yeah. just sort of thinking, it's like, like, the, like the centerfold sort of thing, right? <laughs> so sex is one thing, but uh -huh. sexuality is another. And they're linked, but they're not the same thing. Yep. How comfortable do you have to be about your sexuality to be able to write an advice column about sex and relationships and sexuality? Mm. Well, I think uh, for me, like... Being gay and being accepted, so like I like I came out at seventeen, which felt came out as gay at seventeen, which felt really late. But now I kind of look back and realise that was relatively young compared to a lot of my peers and a lot of people I know. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this was on suburban Sunshine Coast, this was the late nineties. Homosexuality was decriminalised in Queensland in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. So even though that had happened legally, you know, it takes a long time for social change to happen. And mum, like, we didn't know any openly gay people, you know. We, we just didn't have... So when I came out as gay, I had no idea how mum was going to react. But in retrospect, I should have always knew, known that she was going to be OK. Mm -hmm. um, and just that... I don't know, I've, I've kind of seen how so many of my, um, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans peers, queer peers generally, like, if you've had a really long period of the people important in your life resisting who you are or questioning who you are, that really kind of does damage to you and it's corrosive, whereas I had support from a really early age and... Um, and mum was there from day one in terms of when I told that to her. So that kind of, like, I've, I've never had to apologise for anything or feel weird about my sexuality as a result. Mm. Yeah. And I love that moment, like, Ben said he got very, something very serious and important to tell me. And yes, yeah, so like questionnaire thing. I'm guessing like so. Well, I couldn't oh, get. I Rebecca. couldn't. Yeah, I, cu I couldn't get the words out because I was crying. Yeah, yeah. So mum, mum started playing. And again, I say, questions. do you get, do you get Rebecca pregnant? They're very close. I thought, <laughs> he's in year twelve, eleven. Yeah, year twelve. Yeah, it was the end of year everybody 12. think that they're an item, and so I guess like you get Rebecca pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you're on drop. <laughs> Very hard to get on the Sunshine Coast at night. Yay! If you're not above the two thing, you must be gay. So <laughs> <laughs> And so very gay. <laughs> so very gay. I guess it. <laughs> I just love that. Those are the those are the synonymous things in terms of like you've either impregnated someone or you've got a meth addiction or you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> and bingo. <laughs> and so by the time we get to gay, it's like oh thank God. <laughs> so that's you, Ben. But Jenny, in in these in your answers to a lot of these columns, you're actually very open about your own sex life or lack thereof uh, as well. Well, and I find that really fascinating because I think for um, for women, we're not able, well, we haven't been as able to talk about our sex lives. And then you maybe get to a certain point in your life, you know, you, you split up from your husband or your partner. People don't expect you to be thinking about sex. And there you are talking about everybody's sex problems. At the same time, you're saying, well, I haven't, I haven't had sex with anybody, so maybe I should be looking at Tinder while I'm recommending <laughs> it to you. So are you... How did you come to a point where you were comfortable to talk that way? I suppose I'm always comfortable. Yeah, when it comes to sex. Yeah, sex is part of life. Like, why are we here? Your parents have sex. 
<laughs> but I also feel like, um, you know, especially as time goes on, mm. what I'm kind of realising about you is how little you're ashamed by, you know, like... You no, sex is not a shame. Mm. It's pleasure. Mm. It's kind of pleasure. It's pleasure. Mm. Mm. She's maintaining really unflinching eye contact with me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just just a backstory. Like we we just landed um, back from Hong Kong this morning, morning. so oh, we're a little morning. bit underslept, and we've also spent the last ten days in the same room. Ah, Michelle is in the room too. Yeah, Michelle. My, my youngest sister was in the room as well. So the there's bonding. a bit of cabin fever, and my mum, like I feel like we've had a lot of eye contact this trip. And <laughs> so I, I just want to give that context. Annie. <laughs> was undies walking around. Even with Scott, his partner is very comfortable with me. I'm like, yeah, undies walking around. <laughs> there you go. I've just learned something about my colleague Scott that I just didn't really need to know. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> yeah, even Scott. I can't. When I was there, he's very comfortable. Oh, they they were together when they were 16. They met at school. No, no. Older. I was 19. Older, he was older. 18. Okay, but yeah. he met at school. Well, we knew each other at school, so there's a whole tangential conversation. (laughs) It kind of leads into the next question, though, which is what kind of qualifications, technical qualifications, do you have to have to write a sex and advice column? What qualifications do you have to write this, Mum? Oh, I always said I'm under Ben's shadow. No. Oh, my God. (laughs) What are you talking about? I came out of your shadow, as you say. (laughs) Maybe jet lag Ben said, oh, Mum... Oh, after we finished that bang, we're like, why you talk like that, Mum? <laughs> Jet lag. No. But what, what about your life experience? Why do you, what, what do you think you can offer by writing the column? Oh, after having five kids. Mm. And actually, I only have sex with the one man, their dad. Mm. And... <laughs> I get the feeling that there was a kind of appeal in there, but I'm not really quite sure what that was. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> but what else? Like, you've had five kids. That's a big qualification. Mm. Because you've had the talk... You, you know, you've talked us through a lot of stuff over the years. The qualification... Um... Oh... Um... Senior, I turned 64, so you have life experience, including, like, I don't know, the sex part. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, you just have sex with just the one man. But I have wild imaginations. A great qualification. <laughs> if you've got no imagination, you couldn't possibly read those letters, <laughs> could you? <laughs> How did you feel when you started reading those first letters? Because they're quite explicit. The example that we read you is pretty typical of the letters in the in the the series of columns, yeah. if you like. So, what was reading and answering the first one like? Can you remember? How was your first time? Uh, <laughs> Our first time. <laughs> what, 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 you go. <laughs> Were you surprised by the questions that came up or were you horrified by any... Oh, some, some of them you have been mm. horrified by. And I thought, I asked Ben, is someone's question like people make up and 
say what we're going to answer or what. <laughs> <laughs> but then other times, you look, because, because we have a big chat and I transcribe everything she says, a lot of the time she'll be like, is this person serious or do they have a brain? Like, wait, edit, I edit a lot of that stuff. Because she's like, the answer is so obvious, la. You know, like, she'll, she'll just say, you know, you need to dump him, get some self-respect, buy a vibrator, just, you know, like, she's just like, bang, 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 because, bang. Yeah, I'm so frank and all that. I always uh, used to say, no hate mail. I, uh, I might <laughs> scare, like, people get offended from my answer. Do you care and that? I said, Ben, don't type this down. Ben said, oh, I have to type this down. Mine's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I send it back to you and you're like, actually, it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> you're reading there and it says, please don't send me any letters. Hey, hate mail. No hate mail, please. I used to say that. Look, I, because, because I know a lot of the Brow crew, I kind of get a sense of the readership as well. So this is um, a, young, a, a readership that tends to skew, skew young, mm. but there is big age diversity in who writes to us too. So we, we, but at the same time, you know, like where we're dealing with, um, you know, I think uh, things about that the next generation are considering now that we're kind of a generation of millennials and beyond mm. that are just wondering, you know, like, do relationships need to be like this way? Um, I want to explore non-monogamous non relationships. What are the politics of that, the interpersonal politics of that? And I think, you know, very early on, because I've read and listened to so much to, to Dan Savage and, you know, people like Shell Strait and stuff like that, like, you, you do kind of realise that whatever your own sexual standards are, you can't impose them on, on other people. And it's really about, are you hurting anyone? Are you hurting yourself? Mm. And if not, then what, what's the best practical way to navigate this question that you're given? So, I, I mean, even though we swear and we're, you know, uh, we're a bit cheeky sometimes, I do kind of take it seriously that, you know, a lot of the questions do have an undercurrent or sometimes a big kind of current of, of pain driving them. Yeah. And people want to know. Like, there, there have been times... Um, when I was growing up, where I, where I was really, really tempted to write to different sex and relationships advice columnists. And so if, when people write to us, I, I take that responsibility really seriously. If you have no one else to talk to, you need to talk to someone. Yeah, and especially anonymously as well. Like, there's a great kind of safety in, in the ability to just say, look, this is something I'm just sending out. And I'm really, really hoping that you'll respond. And so I think, like, often I tend to gra gravitate towards the questions because we get about four or five questions. We, we tend to answer about three per issue. Mm. Um, mm. And I tend to gravitate towards the ones where I'm like, wow, that, that actually is a pickle and I want to I wanna explore that properly. And sometimes, you know, Mum and I will have a really long chat and can't, kind of come arrive to a different place than where, we, than where we started. I think, like, a really interesting... One was, there was, there's a question in the book about a guy who had his mum staying. The mum's re very religious. Yeah. And so the son is only a teenager, just moved out from home. So mum wanted to come and stay. And he asked us, like, he, he, he will, like, can't stand, like, ha not having sex for so long while mum's staying here with him. So what am I going to do? What's your advice? Ask mum, like, not to come. I said, no, no, no. Like, you have to respect your mother. You can always have sex, like, yeah, he's so young, you know. He, what happened if your mum have an accident or what? You feel so guilty. Have the 
let mom come and visit you. And then we start and yeah, we get mom some get out of the house by like have a tour and this and that. Then yeah, day sex, <laughs> not definitely not nighttime sex. <laughs> yeah, daytime sex or when yeah. <laughs> and then and then you got really offended when I started offering my answer because I was just like, well, yeah, Ben disagree. Does she need to stay for three weeks? Because I mean, it's a long time. This fellow like moved, like moved all the way to Perth to get away. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, the one yeah. we disagree. And then and then you you got genuinely mad yeah, at me. Yeah, Chinese so. culture, you always respect your parents. Yeah, especially the mother <laughs> that push you out. And so when I said when I said like. I don't know, does she need to stay that long? Does she need to stay with you at all? You were mm. just like, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, are not, you are not my son. <laughs> yeah. you, you can have as much sex as you like with anybody that you like, but you don't say no to your mother. What's interesting about reading the book is that after a while you get a sense of the two different styles. You each very much have your own voice. Mm. To me, I read those voices and I think, wow, Jenny's so out there. Like, you know, you're so you're so accepting of people and you you are just like, it's okay, you know, do do what feels good as long as you're not hurting anyone, do what feels good. Ben is the judgy one. <laughs> what I really didn't expect. So are they actually yeah, personas Tony characters? Tony Abbott that lives inside <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. That is wrong in so many ways. Yeah, ben. actually. I'll, I'll, re I'll rephrase that. That's going to come up in Senate Estimates. National Library of Australia. Always <laughs> wanted to be in Senate Estimates. No, that's not true. Um, so are they characters that you've developed? Are they just aspects of yourselves? Or is that your, your true, real self that you put on the page? Yes, yeah, true self. You're very, you're very like earth mother. Like when people, when you've mm. given advice, like you're very, very like gentle, take care of yourself, right? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 depending on the friend, I, I can be mm. a bit tough love with them because, you know, like there, there have been times in my life, whether mm. it's sex and relationships or otherwise, where I really you know what what has jolted me out of of a stupor has been a friend saying well actually blah and it's really blunt and it's kind of hurtful at the time but it's what's what was necessary to break me out of a situation where I was like either feeling sorry for myself or I actually knew the solution to my problem but just didn't want to do anything about it and wanted to whine instead and and so when it Sometimes when it's just like, you know, you need to dump the motherfucker. Like, you, sometimes someone needs to say that to you. Sometimes someone needs to say, you know what, you're not treating yourself well and you're not putting yourself first mm. and that's detrimental to you. And it's not fair on the other person as well because you're just extending this, like, really toxic dynamic. Um, you know, actually, I met up with a friend in Hong Kong while I was over there and, and they were going through a really, really tough time. And I'm like, hey, you know what, like... What you need to you need to give yourself a pep talk. Like you need to stop telling yourself these really damaging things about yourself, and you need to treat yourself like you would your best friend. What have your friends been telling you about this? And her friends have been telling her awful shit. And so <laughs> I was just like, okay, don't listen to your friends. And in fact, you might need Useless new friends. friends. But yeah, like, what yeah. would you? But but like, it was just like you know, you've been through a really tough time. You do not need. And sometimes like tough love is about tough love to ensure that they are good to themselves as well, like self-preservation and, and, and care because, I don't know, I just hate seeing people beat themselves up about a situation that can be avoided or gotten out of. You see what I mean? Judgy. 
Yeah. Whereas Hong Kong is really hard. They're still very traditional. There's no sex before marriage and all that. Mm. I'm really glad you migrated. <laughs> yeah, because because it, is, it is really yeah. hard. So even the friends around her are still giving her like the traditional mm. yeah. advice about sex. Yeah. Mm. We are luckier in Australia, I think, aren't we? Now, I'm wondering, and you have to take into account that they are jet-lagged. They, I, I knew you'd just come back from Hong Kong. I didn't realise it was only this morning. I just cannot believe how, how much fortitude you've shown today. Um, but then, in, in lieu of questions, perhaps, maybe it might be fun to try out a question or two on you, if any of you have got, oh, sure. if any of you have got a, uh, a burning <laughs> question that you think falls under the... Uh, oh, there are, oh, oh, there are questions. Anonymous questions. We love that. This is the fishbowl. Oh, a fishbowl of filth from Stuart. These are all Stuart's (laughs) questions. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard things things about you, Stuart. That that beard, you know. (laughs) That's it. Jenny, please choose a question. And then Stuart said, pick my question, pick my question. What is with fireman fantasies? (laughs) Fireman. You know that emoji fire? That's why every time I talk about sex thing, hot sex of fire. <laughs> Firemen. Mm. You, you I think lots of women have that. Firemen, you know, what, hot. Do you have a, do you have a theory as to why? Mm, you know, to start with their body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the body. They're also, like, attached to a what very else? long hose. <laughs> That relieves people oh, from stress. Oh, because I don't have that pulse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you find attractive. <laughs> have you guys been watching that new series of Queer Eye on Netflix at all? No. Like it's, uh, and for those of you who are, who are sceptical, because it's like, why reboot this 90s franchise about gay, gay <laughs> servitude? Um, it's, it's, but it's really good. It's really good, and it's emotionally nourishing. But anyway, there's a really... <laughs> There's a really great Feynman episode in it, and there's just like, it's so delicious just watching these straight dudes just get completely smothered by gay affection oh. and, 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 and love. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of obvious, like, it's kind of like rescuing things, res- rescuing people is hot. You need to hold up that hose, that hose is long. Yeah. <laughs> After a while, it gets hot, and when it gets hot, you need to take off clothes. It's just like, yeah, it's just like. Who doesn't like mm. a hot fireman? Nothing to do with the gym in the bottom of the station. There. No, that's no, right. No, that's nothing right. at all. All right. <laughs> Jenny, question number two. Here we go. Okay. Right at the bottom. Dig deep. Okay, we are not answering this because we do not answer questions about our sex lives unless you want to, Mum. Where is the craziest place you have had sex? Serious oh, people talking about that at dinner parties, Ben, you prude. No, no, no uh, well, actually, I've had a beer. I could probably tell you, but. <laughs> ben, I said a few, a lot. My sex life is so boring. You die. Just baby breeder, that's it. <laughs> Missionary position. Hey, Jenny, now you've got a bucket list. <laughs> okay, my imagination. Oh, sex. Um. Um, okay. Mm. Why don't you sit on that? (laughs) (laughs) But you have to have some answer. I am trying to think. Um, Too many. 
That's why, like, which one you know, like, I can everyone, tell the you public? You know, like, everyone um, fantasises about the beach, or that's always used in cinema. Yeah. And, like, for those not of us who have had sex at a beach, it's not practical. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> Too much sense getting to my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> no. Growing up on the Sunshine Coast with these guys really wasn't any fun, was it? All right, Ben, you, you choose one. Oh, right. I'll... You choose. Oh, is it, when is it appropriate to give your partner a hickey? Do you know what a hickey is, Mum? I know, I know. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Appropriate. Yeah. Is it appropriate to give your partner a hickey? Yeah, would of you, course, of would course. You have, yeah. Would you have... Did you ever have a hickey or give someone a hickey? I never had one. Oh. I never, never. No, so boring. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it okay to give... Because it's basically bru like you're bruising them with, with your lips. Yeah, so everybody will know, hey. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll definitely give. Yeah, <laughs> the one that left, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. And whoever bought the second ticket tonight <laughs> will have to. But I need practice on a few people to start with. That's <laughs> tickets number three and four. <laughs> uh, I don't know when 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 my when my boyfriend and I started going out like we were we were basically branded and and bruised and and I was into it because it was kind of like there's a bit of a how power often? play there. How often? Oh, that was like constantly when we were first dating like maybe that first that first year mm. and you there was just I don't know like it's very too. it's very teenage very twenties mm. as well so it's just like you got something to talk about <laughs> in media studies 101 the next day it's just like I'm interesting I've got a life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, as you get older as well, like, there's just that constant... Like, I love giving someone a good necking, and there's always just that constant temptation just to go a little bit too far. I'm into it. I'm he's he's going to draw blood one of these days, yeah, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then we'll have Ben forever. Mm. It's true. I can't give blood. I may as well try to suck it out of you. Yes, it's that too. It's very graphic, sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you're here for. Oh, is it true that if they will cheat with you, they will cheat on you? I think you've got Ooh. answers to this because if you're the other, if you're the other woman, won't they just cheat on you anyway? Mm. Cheating, yeah. If they would cheat with you, they'll cheat on you in the end. Yeah, I think definitely. Have you seen it happen? Mm. Um. Well, you know people in your life who've had that dynamic. Do you think that it's inevitable? Like, I think, I don't know, like, I, I think it's really interesting at the moment that there is an opening up of a conversation about cheating and what it represents and whether it's necessarily the final frontier that makes or breaks a relationship. Like, you know, like, I think for for a lot of the relationships amongst my peers, it would be a far greater transgression to watch an episode of like RuPaul's Drag Race ahead of your partner <laughs> rather than cheat. Or it's like, and also what constitutes cheating is different for each relationship as well. Like for some people, it's simply emotional cheating, which I don't think I'd be able to handle in, in my relationship personally, because like I know my boyfriend's a big flirt and I'm a big flirt and I'm just like, that's just fun, you for, know. Just Whereas nice. I think for other for other people, it's really, really off limits. Mm. And then for other people, like they draw the line at this sex act or this kissing act or blah 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 blah. Like what what is your definition of cheating 
first of all, have you had that conversation with your partner? Like, I'm always really interested that, no generalizations, but I, I'm always really interested in how a lot of, um, you know, straight couples often don't have that conversation about what, what, what do we define as cheating in our relationship? Because the narrative of cheating in a heterosexual relationship is quite cemented. You know, it is to do this with someone else at this stage of your relationship. Whereas I think, like, with a lot of same-sex relationships, um, you know, that conversation is much more nuanced and specific if you're going to have it. Because, like, we, you know, like, with same-sex relationships generally, there are fewer templates to go off. So we often frame what constitutes X, Y, and Z, or what, you know, even, even domestic stuff, like what constitutes fair, fair labour between us. <laughs> so, so cheating is a whole other you, different... You, you, can't, you can't be arguing about who's going to put the garbage out. Because yeah, 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 blokes, yeah, 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 constant yeah. negotiation. But, but like, mm. I is it true that if they will cheat with you, they will cheat on you? Does a dog change its spots? Look, I mean, nothing's completely 100%, mm. but, I mean, like, the thrill is there because it's illicit mm. in the first place. Yeah. That's what you're chasing. That's what you. That's what you're into. And if you're into that dynamic, I mean, you can't dismiss the idea outright that they're not going to pursue that dynamic with someone else, and that you might not, you know, that you might want to pursue that dynamic yeah. down the line as well. That's true too. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, oh, here we go. He's, uh, yeah. One last one, I think. Let's do this. There's another. Another. <laughs> 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 yes or no? <laughs> Mum, do you know what do you know what amyl is? Mm, it's a new word to me. <laughs> okay, have you heard of poppers? Okay, so <laughs> this is there are there this is okay because there are people in the crowd who don't know what amyl nitrate and poppers are either. So we're going to learn together. Um, <laughs> So, um, amyl nitrate is uh, a chemical that you can um, kind of inhale mm. and it, like... You might think about it as a drug. ...dilates everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it, it gives you a rush, it gives you a high, and you feel things more acutely, and it's especially, com like, it's especially popular amongst mm. gay men. Um, you should not take amyl nitrate alongside... Um, uh, like erection-enhancing drugs like Viagra or Cialis because that can cause a, a, like a medical conniption. Oh. Did you guys know that? Please don't do both of the things at the same time. Just wow. choose one. Choose, <laughs> choose your own adventure. Um, and if you go into sex shops, they'll often... Because it's, I think it's technically illegal to sell at sex shops, right? So they often sell it as video cleaner or is it different rules in ACT? Yeah. Can anybody help Ben out here? <laughs> yeah. Leather cleaner, leather cleaner. And, and it comes out under a lot of, like, euphemised brands, like there's Rush and Jungle. I know a bit too much, don't I? There's like... And, and in knowing a bit too much, you haven't answered the question. It's like Rush and Jungle. It's, it's like, if you haven't experienced it, it kind of smells like the smell of a permanent marker. So that's what you're introducing into, into your system. It's not bad. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it just gives you a temporary... Mum is looking at me with this inscrutable experience. What do you think, now that you know about it, what do you think about the... Have you ever experienced that? Yes, yes, I have. I only found that this moment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, you know, like, it, I, I think it's a pretty safe 
thing to use unless you've got oh, like a blood pressure, that, heart like, condition. If you love mommy, always have, that's a line do not cross. <laughs> I also think it's a pretty good value thing as well. Like it really, <laughs> it really, it really lasts just in your undies drawer for a long time. <laughs> Aromatherapy. <laughs> I guess, or Pavlo Pavlovian or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We're coming towards the end of our evening and you do have an opportunity to meet with Ben and Jenny downstairs and uh, you can ask them to sign a copy of the book, have a bit of a chat. Um, but it was just interesting to see that moment where, Jenny, you just learned something about Ben that you didn't know and I did not think that that was actually possible given some of the conversations in here. When I, I was looking at this book, I thought to myself, I wonder if there's a point at which one of them just completely shocks the other and... They just, you know that thing where you just completely wig out? You just can't go mm. there? This was the question. Hi, Ben. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> Can you please provide the definitive answer? Does sex get better with age? Hopefully not yet wrinkled. Pretty straightforward question. So, Jenny, this is a long read, but take your time. Mm. Okay. Um, so, question again answer. is, can you please provide a definitive answer? Does sex get better with age? Um, maybe we should not have to do this. Same thing, Wong Sang. Okay, I need to ask a few more questions. Like, are you a man or a woman? And how old are you? You're very sambay. Like, in Cantonese, that means very secretive. It's a very short question. But it's also the million dollar question and quite a complex one too. I'll be honest, I'm turning 60 next May and I haven't had sex for the last 20 years, but I'm still very interested. There's definitely no age limit. Sex can get better with age, but it depends on the individual and on whether or not you are not suffering from any medical conditions. Most importantly, you find a partner compatible with your sexuality, someone who is on the same page. From my experience, it does get better with age. When I had my first orgasm, I was 28, and I discovered I have to be on top. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that if you are with someone with a good sex drive, no matter what age you are, sex can be good. And when you don't have children interrupting, <laughs> if you're retiree, and sex can be on top of the list of all your priorities again. Sex, sex, sex all the time. If you can do it, if you can get erectile dysfunction, then you have a problem. You have to go to the doctor to get the blue pill. <laughs> but, but the hole, the vagina hole, is just there on standby. <laughs> just make sure it's moist enough after menopause. It can go a bit dry. <laughs> True. I recommend extra virgin oil. Then man can lick it. Lick, lick, lick. It's very good for you. Uh, Michael Moosley, uh, he experiment like Hon and Sao, like olive oil, every day a tablespoonful. He said that's his best assignment to try on something on himself. Uh, Michael Moosley, 
Like I'm a doctor, trust me, I'm a doctor, that show. Yep. Always use olive oil, nothing else. Mm. So that was Jenny's answer. Ben? What are you, your answer, your... I, ben I, just got one, li my, one line. My answer was just staring into space forever. Um, <laughs> it was just, it was just, it was... Most of the time, Ben got lots and that I because, got... Because you can tell that, some, <laughs> like, with a lot of it, we're, we're answering the question but not necessarily I talking about our Ben own... I didn't just got one line. Yeah. Normally but, he got lots to say. But she she like, had a lot to say about that. Like that was that was the abridged version of the of the phone call that happened in a flurry of English and Cantonese over the phone that I was just transcribing di diligently as my soul left my body. You know you want to spend more time with these people on that note. Thank you for attending law school this evening. Would you please thank our teachers Benjamin and Jenny? Thank you. One, one request, one request. Can we get a selfie with you guys? <laughs> okay, we're just going to stand here, and then because because it's such a crowd. Well, no, no, you're going to get hey, in oh, it as well, I? Andrea. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Stuart, would you okay. help, please? No, no, no. no, oh, no, no it's good. It's, you're going to oh, get no, in. No, no. Okay. You're going to get in. Okay. Hang on, hang on. Okay, hang we're going to get a video first. Everyone, wave. Sex, sex, sex. <laughs> okay, and a photo. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for coming tonight. Thank you, Andrea. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, Ben is also an ambassador for the library and a fine ambassador. Um, tonight we have gone beyond reach arounds, which was interesting, and I'm yeah. totally fired on Monday, but anyway. Um, <clears throat> so can we just thank um, everybody once again, including Andrea, for tonight. A, a quick clap for George's freeloading friend. And to everybody who asked a question, and none of those were mine, just FYI. Um, <clears throat> so there is more entertainment. So if you go upstairs very quickly, you'll see Sparrow Folk. And of course, you need to go upstairs and buy some books so we can pay for tonight. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You
Sister, 